Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Loretta McNary Show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live. I'm so super excited about the entire day, actually. It's so beautiful weather-wise, and I feel really, really good, and I'm so excited about our guest being on today. She is incredible, and we have been tweeting. She has been tweeting, too. She is so fabulous as a guest, but you're going to fall in love with her as we have here at Loretta McNary Live. Let me tell you um, some stats that was emailed to me today, and it's so apropos that these stats came to me today, and we're doing a show on weight loss with an international weight loss expert, one of my new and dear friends, Gabby Rose. And we're going to tell you her story, but I just want to read you some of, um, just to give you a little teaser teaser about her before she comes on. When Gabby Rose dress size balloons to a size 26, she knew she had to take drastic action. Battling morbid obesity for over 12 years, she suffered from asthma, back and hip pain, hernias, rosacea, and migraines, but her biggest fear was that her four children and her husband's health were also at risk because of her unhealthy lifestyle. After a near-death experience, Gabby was determined to become a role model to her children and husband. That determination, dedication, and discipline led to her led her to a dramatic 130-pound weight loss <laughs> through proper nutritional counseling, exercise, and, le- and a lifestyle change, she helped her husband and her kids get healthy, too. Now a slender size, too, Gabby shares a personal experience and weight loss success, inspiring millions of people to make an investment in their lives by getting healthy. And I want to tell you the top, and they call, and I hate this word, but it is what it is, right? But USA World, um, let me let me tell you exactly who said it, because <laughs> you can go to their um, website. USAnews.com says the top ten fat states, and I'll just tell you the top five are Mississippi, Alabama, West Virginia, Tennessee, and South Carolina. And then they go the ten skinniest. States. And these are their words, not mine, so talk to them, <laughs> are Colorado, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Hawaii. Those are the top five. I didn't write down all ten on each side. And they're also saying um, obese means when a body mass index, or BMI, is more than 30. That translates to more than 197 pounds on a foot eight frame person. So... Now you know. I know you thought it was somebody wearing 500, 600 pounds. Of course, that is obesity, but it is also way less than it. Everybody, welcome to Loretta McNary Live, the most fabulous weight loss expert around, and that would be Miss Gabby Rose. Hi, Gabby. Hey, how are you? Thank you for that. I'm that great. was awesome. <laughs> it's You're really awesome. nice to talk to you again. You too. You too. You know, I, I want to tell you. Here. I want to tell you one thing, and it's funny um, how I was listening to what you were saying about my weight loss, and I have to tell you just an interesting story. And this has to do how much we are in denial. So originally when I when I came forward with my weight loss story, because I'm a very private person, actually, believe it or not, and I, I started talking about health and wellness and weight loss, because of my background in the medical industry, and I've seen what um, weight and, and heaviness and, and extra fat does to our patients and the diseases that they bring on. So when I first had this epiphany of that I needed to lose weight um, through a near-death experience, I really thought that I had lost 130 pounds. And I went back through medical charts and medical paperwork and 
the Today Show had contacted me last May, and they asked me if I would do a Mother's Day appearance uh, post-Mother's Day, so it was right after Mother's Day, and talk about how my weight loss um, has affected uh, myself. And they, of course, they go into detail about your life, and I started digging, I mean, really digging through papers and charts and I even went back to my OB's office and I said, Look, I, I'm just I want this story to come out right. I've never I've never dug so deep and I couldn't believe that I was almost three hundred pounds. I was almost three hundred pounds and I had lost hundred and sixty eight pounds and that when I when I realized that and I started looking at pictures because they wanted pictures of me throughout my life when I was heavy and I'm telling you, it, when I started digging through old pictures, I was floored. I was just so floored because I looked, I said, no, that's not me. I was really, I wasn't that heavy. I said, that can't be me. It looks like my daughter I'm holding. But I, and, and the denial, 130 pounds, believe me, is a big uh, pill to swallow. But when I had yeah. that realization, when I was doing the Today Show last May, it was, uh, I don't know, it was another slap in the face and then it was another awakening, just an eye-opening experience because as an obese person, we are so in denial. I mean, we are just so in denial. We, I know I never looked in a mirror. I never bought clothes. I wore maternity clothes forever, I think, uh, forever. I just, uh, I, you know, the reason why I know my size when I was heaviest because I finally decided that I was going to go out and my mother-in-law bought me some clothes. They were like a size 22. And I was going to go out with my husband after years of not doing anything and not going out and not being seen in public. Um, I couldn't close them. Of course, we didn't end up going that night either. But I, I couldn't close I couldn't close the pants. And I realized that, my God, I'm bigger than a 22, and um, I went to exchange them, and, I, and that's when I realized that my true size was mm-hmm. a 24, 26. And it's really what we do to ourselves and the way we see ourselves, and we don't realize how it affects our life. It just, in every avenue, not just health. I mean, I'm in the health industry, so with me that was my first, awakening was when I started looking at our patient base because my parents are doctors and I've been involved in the medical industry really since 1985, 87. Since I was right out of high school, I used to come in and help them and I build relationships with a lot of our patients. And seeing the rise of diabetes and cancer and breast cancer and colon cancer and prostate cancer and it was just, I said, what is going on? There has to be something going on. It is, and yeah. It's it's ridiculous, right? It is. And, I, and some people like to say, you know, you see more of it because we are more connected through social media, so we know more people, so we hear more about more things. But if you look at the numbers and all the stats that, you know, different medical institutions and experts quote, it has gotten, especially when it relates to obesity and then, like you said, prostate cancer. And with all the technology, with all the information that we know, and we're still having these same battles with the CDC saying that obesity is one of the things that they're concentrating most on, you know, where they used to concentrate on things like, um, uh, what is that? Oh, I can't even think of it. But, you know, these um, these diseases that were taken over countries and still are taken over, you know, prevalent in some third world countries. So, you know, like polio is what I was trying to say. And now they're yes, having yes. to spend all this time and research and dollars on obesity because it's taken, you know, its toll on America as a whole. It has, but it's, it's not only the medical. Uh, I'm working on a book, and... Um, and in this book, I've I've been wanting to do a book for a really long time, and it's it, there's a lot of um, soul searching, and there's a lot of things that I, I don't understand uh, myself. Like I've gained and lost 500 pounds in my lifetime, and there's many times where 
I've lost 100 pounds for an special event, and then I've gained back 130. And for some reason, for 13 to 14 years of my life, I was not able to control my weight. And I, I've done everything. I, I've done every program in the market. I have put money into the system probably more than the average person or just as much because looking for help as a as somebody that knows they need help and struggles with their daily life and struggles with their kids and struggles with their relationship with their husband, you know you need help. I mean, we're just fooling ourselves knowing that um, we don't. And so what do we do? We we look at ourselves or, or we realize we're not happy, we were thinner at one time, and we go to these these programs that really don't, dig deep. They don't dig deep into the problem. They don't they don't really teach the foundations of, of, of healthy eating. They don't teach the foundation or of of food and what's in our food. And a lot of them are just not aware, honestly. They don't have the the backing. They don't have the training. They don't have the experience. And so I'm working on a book, and I've done a lot of soul searching because I, I have been maintaining my weight now for about, um, I would say, seven years or maybe a little more or less around there. And I wanted to know why am I now able to maintain my weight? Well, what is the difference? Why wasn't I able to? And, and more right, importantly... That's the question I wanted to ask you, too. What was the turn? I know the turn point you said you had the near-life experience, but what has been your motivation other than, you know, I want to stay healthy, I want to see my kids grow up? Because people say that. I hear a lot of people say, I've said that, but yet we don't always move. We don't always make right, the right decisions. We don't right. always do the right thing. Yes, and that is true. And and I've been asking, believe me, it's so funny, because I've been asking myself that question, you know, what do I have? Because I'm the same person as you are I'm the same per, per, I'm a, I'm a person like anybody else. I'm I'm no I'm no different. I'm really I'm no better. I am the same. So what what makes me different? You know, why do 98% of Americans not maintain their weight? Why do they put their weight back on? And why have I been able to but for 13 years, 14 years I was not able to. I had gained and lost 500 pounds. My daughter is now maintaining her weight. She lost 50 pounds, as well as my husband. He lost um, about 85, 90 pounds. And why are we now as a family able to do that? And and believe me, I have been soul-searching and looking for those answers for many, many years because I couldn't understand it. And working on my book has helped me realize that eating is not only, it's not only the knowledge of food, and, and yes, the knowledge of food is very important because there's a lot of bad food out there, and we have to we have to understand what food is. We have the misrepresentation of what food is, and we do have to understand that. And I did go through intensive research and reading labels and lectures and classes. I've 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 yeah I have worked with the best doctors and nutritionists and healthcare providers nationally and scientists internationally. So I have a, a, a firm understanding of what food is, and many of us do not. But besides, but besides that, um, you know, it's, it's, the emotional, it's the emotional part of our lives that we're ignoring, and we tend to reach to these things that we call comfort foods, when we're, being, when we're not in a good situation mentally, when we're emotionally not well when we're overwhelmed with our lies, when we're overwhelmed with pressure and, and business and, and failing relationships and having kids and, and life, right? That's life. But we're overwhelmed. What do we do? We reach out to those comfort foods. What are comfort foods? Well, unfortunately, comfort foods are pasta, are potatoes, uh, rice, uh, potato chips, ice cream, donuts, uh coffees that are full of sugar and whipped cream. Those are comfort you know, those are comforting to us because what happens is when we're feeling down and it's and it's all it's not only psychological, a lot of it is hormonal, believe it or not. So when mm-hmm. we're feeling oh, yeah. down Yeah. 
No, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Well, I'll disagree with you. That, yeah, it is yes. definitely uh, hormones play a, a huge part in that. Oh, and yeah, that's why it's so important when, to, you know, to know your body and to listen to your body. And before you think that is the hunger thing that's going on, just kind of talk it through. You know, we hear all yes. this and yet we still don't do it. And I was reading also that, um, like, supplements and health and fitness things are at the peak they're at the peak. They're, people are doing more and spending more money to, to lose the weight. But, yet yeah, and still at the same time, this country is still morbidly obese as Because a you know what happens? Because I'll tell you what happens. When we're, when we're feeling down, okay, we have hormonal levels that change in our body and, and we become depressed. Well, these foods, these, these foods that create us to have an excess of sugar cause us to feel a temporary... Um, elation, to temporarily be elated. Temporarily, we feel better. And that's why we tend to eat these foods when we're down and out. And we don't mm-hmm. understand that donuts and chips, you know, I ne- do you understand? Let me, let's do it this way, because I never understood, actually, till, till recently. We've all heard the term empty calories, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me what you think an empty calorie is. Just... You know, what do you think that means? What do you think an empty calorie means? I think it's things like, you know, it means that these won't affect your, your blood system in a, in a negative way, like carrots and celery, stuff that you really don't just automatically go for when you're hungry. And so they sell their empty calories, meaning they don't affect your blood system, is what I believe it means. Right. So for years, I, I, I used to think, I mean, we all know, I, yeah, Coke, empty calorie or a donut is an empty calorie and I never really understood I we all know what it means or we all think we know but I never really grasped the concept and and what an empty calorie is that when you eat something and it has no nutritional value so your body cannot break it down properly has no use for it it does not come out it does not metabolize it does not go through your system. What happens to those empty calories? They turn into fat in your body. And and the more empty calories we consume, the heavier we're going to become. So we're all under this, a lot of us, I can't say we're all, a lot of us are under this notion that fat will make us fat, fat in food, or that we need to take the fat out of foods. But we don't understand when we start taking and we start manipulating food and we start taking the fat, which fat is a very integral part of our digestive system. And without fat in our diets, we will become fat because our bodies cannot break down the food. So now we're taking fat out of our diets. We're adding the carbs or the empty calories into it. So now our bodies cannot break it down because it doesn't have the fat and it's just not able to be it's not able to metabolize in our system. So we're 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 going backwards. And there's and the problem is there's just so much information out there and we're not in tune with our body. We're disconnected like like myself thinking I lost 130 pounds and and it was 168. We're just we're disconnected. We are so disconnected from who we are as people. Our heads and our bodies are not connected, and they have to be. They have to be. We have to think when we pick up that donut. We have to realize, what is this donut going to do to me? Because in the long run, in the long run, it's going to do absolutely nothing for you but make us more depressed. It's a temporary fix. It's a temporary fix to a depression that we have because we get those boosts of energy that will last maybe 30 minutes and then it crashes and it comes crashing down hard. And when your body crashes like that, we eat uncontrollably and we eat anything that we have. It's like a feast or famish mode because we're creating this in our system. 
and, Definitely. and, and I just want to clarify something because you mm-hmm. don't want to tell me that, no, Loretta, that's not what an empty calorie is for the sake of this conversation. <laughs> when I think of Weight Watchers, I think of those things that are, you know, free calories. You can eat them, and, and they're good for you if you're doing Weight Watchers or counting calories. That's, that's what I was thinking. But actually what you're saying is the true um, form of what empty calories are. When we eat things and there's no nutritional value to it, like a Coke, a donut. I just wanted to clarify that for people because yes. some people like that, you you know, well, they said something different. Yeah, my my version was not correct for the sake of the conversation we're having today. Um, hers is when, when she said Cokes and donuts and cookies and muffins and all that good stuff, although they taste good, but they add no um, or few, none at all really, no nutrients. They just add calories, no. so. Yeah. Right, and the thing is we need to burn calories, right? We need to burn calories. Mm-hmm. So if we eat calorie-dense foods and then we're not burning them, well, we're going we're gonna to put on weight. But, but the main thing is that we need to learn how to control our appetites. And these foods, these, these empty-calorie foods, they, they create an insatiable appetite. They create our blood sugar to go crazy. They create this this need to eat more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Right, because it, it, it creates, yeah, it makes us feel like we're never satisfied because yeah. it has to have more of itself. So yeah. um, that's what happens. You just won't, you'll never be satisfied. That's why people, you can hear people say, I ate, you know, like 12 donuts or I ate 500,000 tacos or something like that because you don't listen to your body and so that thing that whatever that thing is what at the time like tacos or whatever it wants more of itself the body said hey this is good give me more give me more but it doesn't know that it's not good for it because you're giving it so much of it so it starts building up this thing where it becomes addicted that's why they say overeating is also an addiction just like when you um, take too, you drink too much alcohol or you consume drugs mm-hmm. and you become addicted your body has to have it so what happens a lot, and we don't even realize, is what you were just saying. Our bodies start requiring it. They want it wants what it wants, but at the same time, there's this, you know you see the good witch and I mean the good angel and the bad angel on the shoulder yes. telling you the good one and saying no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. But we don't listen to that one. We have a tendency to listen to the one that says yes, you do want more. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt also, you. Take one more donut. Think of it this way: if you can, if you okay, let's. Let's put it this way. Let's say we have a, a plant, right? And mm-hmm. instead of feeding the plant water every day, we we feed it, uh, I don't know, oil. Uh, let's just say we, instead of feeding this plant water every day, we feed it oil. And we're just constantly giving the plant oil and more oil and more oil. Well, what do you think is going to happen to that plant? It's going to it's die. It's going to wither away. Right. It's yeah. going to die. So if we continuously, and please, this this is the reality, as harsh as it is, if we continuously feed ourselves these empty calories, these food stuff, this zero nutritional value things that our bodies have no use for, what is going to happen to us? What is going to happen to us? It's the same concept of feeding this plant oil. It's the same exact thing. We cannot survive. Our body needs a certain nutrition to live. We need to have protein. We need to have fat. We need to have good carbs, fibrous carbs, carbs that come from plants. At one time, potatoes were a great carb at one time. Now in the United States, we eat white potatoes all the time. Well, these white potatoes have, have nothing. They're starch. They have zero nutrition. And we, fi- we fill our plates up with fried, zero nutritional potatoes that are full of salt. So whether it, it feels, I don't know, good going down, and at one time it, it, it felt that way to me too, but once you realize and once you really detox and you get your body healthy and you get your body eating whole foods, whole foods, you know, whole foods, what does that mean? Whole foods means that it's a chicken is a whole food. A potato used to be a whole food, 
but they've all been so manufactured and engineered that now it's not. The white potato is not the potato from 50 years ago. Now, I have mm-hmm. seen some of the great potatoes come back, like the dark purple ones. Yeah, have you ever seen those mm-hmm. little purple potatoes yes, and the red yes. ones, right, mm-hmm. the ones that are full of vibrant colors and the ones that you look at and you're you're thinking, wow, is that a potato? <laughs> <laughs> those are good potatoes. Those are energy-dense, fiber, vitamin-enriched potatoes. Those are the natural potatoes that we used to eat a long time ago. And and all this has happened. So the white potato is not a good potato anymore. It's it's a it's a it's just a bad potato to eat and to fry it and salt it on top of it makes it even more Ooh. dangerous to eat has a very high glycemic index. That means your sugar levels go through the roof when you eat these potatoes and they just turn into fat in your body. They're not, there's nothing in there. There's no nutrition. They are empty calories. And when you get a, and, and when you get a grip of what these empty calories are and you can make an educated choice and an educated decision on what you're eating, you're going to feel better and it's going to help you make the right choices. I am the same person that I was 15 years ago. I am the same person. I am the same person that I was when I was 10. I may know. I have, what is the difference? I know more now. I'm more educated. I'm more aware. I, I'm awake. I'm awake. And when you're awake, mm-hmm. it makes a world of a difference because I am not going to take a food that I know is going to make me sick and I'll, and eat it. And I have control over that because I have fed myself healthy, whole foods. And when your body is not craving nutrition, when your body is not craving nutrition, you can walk away from these comfort foods. I'm telling you, that's what it is. It's that when you eat these comfort foods continuously and get nothing from it, your body is craving food because it's, it's not getting anything. It's, it's like that plant with oil. It, it wants water, and it wants water, but if it doesn't get it, it's, it's going to die. Well, the same thing happens to us. Some of us don't just drop dead, but they, our diseases come in forms of diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer, cancer and we have to realize that that's that's a big problem that is a big cause and and once we get a grip and we understand you know what's amazing your whole life turns around your whole emotional life (laughs) your your relationships i'm telling you it's, it's it's amazing your relationships with others i'm not just talking about with your spice your spouse or significant other just your relationship mm-hmm. with your family, with the community, with others. You feel empowered. You become more successful. You're able to maybe go back to school and, and study something or, or you're, you're able to succeed in your career because you're more focused. Your brain now has energy. Your brain now is being fed. Your brain can now handle this extra energy needed to focus on other things other than keeping us healthy and keeping us alive right it's no it's amazing i'm telling you it's amazing when you i know and and i love your passion i i so love your passion and i but the thing for me and, and probably other people i understand that i understand that when i am and I don't do it so much now as I used to, but when I was just, like, eating a lot of fried chicken or a lot of hamburgers and french fries or going to fast food restaurants because of the convenience, not necessarily because it was so good to me, but it was just so convenient. And I knew that, you know, that the fried stuff is not good for me. I knew that because my mom didn't raise us like that. She prepared mm-hmm. every meal we ate. Some, you know, sometimes on special occasions we go out and celebrate at restaurants, but never fast food, very rare, rarely. Did we ever do like a McDonald's or something? So I know, you know, that foods are healthy and those are the ones you're supposed to have. I also know that, you know, eating fried stuff and sugary stuff is, you know, is dangerous. I love that word when you said it was dangerous. Not just unhealthy, but it's very dangerous for our bodies and for our lives. So what is it that for you now that said, 
I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, not was it I, that you lost the weight and you started liking, you know, yourself more? What was it? You know, we all go through, I'm human, and we all go through our trials and tribulations. And, and the funny thing is we sometimes our mind tells us we need something more than we do. And, and believe me, processed food, these companies know what they're doing. They've created food to, to cause these insatiable appetites. They've created food to cause a hormonal imbalance. They've created food to cause addictions within ourselves. And, and, and they've spent millions of dollars of research to make sure that this food has the perfect color, the perfect crunch, the perfect texture, and that we can't eat just five of those or we can't eat just one bag. Or they, they know that. Believe me, these companies know that. They know that. And I, it's, this, is a, this is a funny story or a cute story. I don't know. I, 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 can only, I, I have a lot of experience with, with our patients, but I, I love to talk about my personal experience because I think that it, it kind of hits home um, to a lot of people. So I had lost 100 pounds. For the la- I decided for the last time. And... For, it, it was like a year into my weight loss, um, and I told my husband, you know what, we have this ice cream store here called Jackson's. It's like this old-time ice cream place that's from, <laughs> I don't know, the 50s or 60s. You know, the ambiance. I remember going there with my parents, and I remember going there as a kid and celebrating birthdays, and, and I have kids. And I said to him, I just feel like going to Jackson's, and he looked at me, because I, I didn't really have ice cream during that whole year. And uh, I said, I just feel like having this mocha chip hot fudge sundae. And he looked at me, he said, if I let you eat that, you're just going to um, kill me. <laughs> so the answer is, no, we're not going there, because then you're going to be upset for like a month, and I'm going to have to live with it. And I was insistent. I said, don't tell me what to eat. Don't tell me how to eat. This is what I want to do, and I deserve to have this mocha chip hot fudge sundae. So, you know, husband that he is, he, he, we packed up the kids. We went there, and all the kids were looking at me like I was nuts because they hadn't eaten really ice cream that much that year either. We really limited it to maybe once a month, and I don't even bring it into the house now. Now, this was back then. Now I haven't really brought it into the house at all. And uh, so we went there, we ate the ice cream, and, and I ordered my original mocha chip sundae that I always used to get, and it's like three scoops, it's huge, it's a goblet, three scoops of ice cream, <laughs> full of whipped cream, chocolate chips, hot fudge, nuts, the whole thing. I got through maybe uh, one of the scoops, and all of a sudden I got the worst stomach pain. I thought I felt like something was just stabbing me in the stomach. It was so horrific that I, I literally uh, just fell over in pain. And I thought that I was going to end up in the ER. Actually, the pain was so horrific that I, I, I it felt like my organ, uh, something had ruptured. I'm telling you, it was the worst pain. I ended Ooh. up uh, going home, violently vomiting and diarrhea that whole night. I mean, violently violently vomiting and diarrhea the whole night and it was an epiphany that was another epiphany i have many believe me that was an epiphany (laughs) moment that this sugar that i so thought i craved is toxic this sugar that i thought i needed because i never had that reaction to it my when your body is constantly fighting to be healthy when you're constantly struggling, back then I was suffering from rosacea, severe migraines, all caused by sugar, severe migraines, lower back pain. I had hip pain. I, I, I don't know what didn't hurt really. I had um, IBS, um, asthma, out of control asthma. I had fatigue. I had depression. Those were all attributed to the foods and my weight. But when you're getting your body healthy and you've totally detoxed it and you go back to eating it, your body rejects it in a way that you become aware that this food is poison. There's no other word for it. There really isn't any good word for sugar. And your body reacts in a way because now it's an acute illness, not a chronic illness. And in, in the medical term, when somebody has a chronic, you know, has a chronic illness, that means something that you're 
continuously fighting, you're continuously struggling to, you know, to get rid of. It's a chronic disease. Sometimes you can get rid of it, maybe. Sometimes you can. I mean, it's a chronic illness. It's something you live with for years and years and years and years. An acute attack is something that just comes on all of a sudden and hopefully will go away soon or will go away in a couple of days, you know, like when we get sick. So this was an acute attack of sugar poisoning is what it was. Mm-hmm. Because my body was not used to eating it anymore, so it treated it as a to- it treated it j- the same as if I were probably to drink a bottle of bleach. I don't know, or the same as I if I were to drink a bottle of of something horrifying that is not food. Well, that's the point. And when you become aware of that, and when you when you detox, and that's what I tell people. When you really detox and you start eating good, healthy foods, when you go back to these comfort foods, you know these hormonal comfort foods that you think are food, and I I hate even saying that they're food. These hormonal (laughs) comfort ingredients—I don't know what you want to call it. It's not food. So actually, let's take the food out of there. These comfort (laughs) items—I don't know. When you think of a good word, uh, you can you can chime in. Because I don't want people to think they're food. It's not food. And um, that's what happens. Our body reacts to it as if, as if it were a poison. And do I want to ever feel that way again? Of course not. So now my memory of Jackson's is different. I have good Ooh. memories maybe while I was there with my family. But you know what? Why create memories around food? Why Why do we have to create all our memories around food? And I never understood what that meant either up until the last five years of my life. You know, why do we have to create our memories around the, the dinner table or around ice cream parties or around socially drinking events? Why do we have to create those memories? Why can't we create memories uh, bowling or riding bikes down the beach or depending on where you live, riding it through the park or, um, you know, doing something fun? For a long time, I, my husband used to ask me, why does everything revolve around food with you and your family? Why are we always, and I never understood what that meant. I, I really, I never understood what that meant. I said, what does that mean? Why do we, uh, I mean, I don't know, when you look at uh, commercials on TV and their supermarkets, are they selling food or are they selling memories? I mean, think mm. about it. That, that's right? a good question. And, you know, not some families do that. They, you know, some people go bowling. Some people, and then the families that you say, why do you go bowling on to celebrate? Why do you go ride your bike on the beach? That's because they're going to say, because we always have. My mom did this. This is what my parents, my grandparents did. They took the family for picnics and rides and walks. But then you have the other family, which I think is the majority of, you know, the United States. We... You know, we celebrate around food. Now, I, again, my background, my childhood was, you know, perfectly healthy and perfectly unnormal, as people would say, because we did those things. Our family ran together. We went on walks together. We went on bike rides together. Yeah. But now on the holidays, we did gather and have great food with our family. So, But what's great food? Is it great food or was it? Great food. It was stuff. great times. I'll say great right. times. Because well, we have parties now. <laughs> but we yeah, but you could why can't we have healthy foods around parties? Why a why lot of people do now? Yeah. Right. So that's what but, I'm saying. We can I, I look, I party the same <laughs> as the next person. <laughs> I love I love family reunions. I love getting together. And I also love educating people on good nutrition so no one likes to sit with <laughs> Me at a table, you know, because, I, and you're so passionate about it, and I understand what what you're saying and why you're saying what you're saying now because it it, it will save lives. But I think for the majority of the people, what people want to hear from you, um, probably most of the time, is how did you do it? They want to hear the personal side. They want to hear how hard it was. They want they know they know how dangerous this food is. They know that it has little. You know, most people know that, but a lot of people don't. Feel, they think that the government. They think that the government protects them. They don't. When I speak to people on how dangerous soda is for your health and the health of your loved ones and, and how dangerous fast food is and the actual ingredients in this, they really, believe me, they don't know. 
They don't know. They think that the government is there to protect them. They think that, that the, these foods would not be allowed, food stuff would not be allowed on the market if it was that toxic. That's what that's what people believe. I don't I don't know if people believe. I used to feed my kids fast food, and I we haven't been in fast food since my little one was a year old. She's nine now, so for the last eight years, so she doesn't know what fast food is. But if I knew, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, as a mother of of kids that you love, would you drive through a fast food restaurant if you really believed that this food was dangerous and was going to kill you? Would you drive through that restaurant and feed it to your children? No, you know, because that's I don't think saying. people look at it like that. They they understand in terms of it's not healthy, fast food is not good for me, but they don't understand that it can kill me kind of stuff. They don't think that when right. I drive up to that wherever restaurant and I take the food that I just paid for, that this food potentially is causing, you know, medical harm to me every time I do this and eventually can, you know, take me out or cause something so chronic that I'll never, ever, you know, get past it. When we eating, we don't think about that. We can have those conversations, and then you know some people will eat healthy at parties, and they'll eat healthy at a friend's house. But then they go home again because the hormones and emotions are kicking in, and then they eat goo gobs and goo gobs of stuff to feel better. I know. So, so what we have to do, and and this is what I've what I've done, and 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 believe me, it is hard, and it's a struggle, and and it's. I will you have to you have to battle the addiction. You have to battle you have to battle it. You have to battle the addiction. It's it is like that alcoholic that wants to grab the drink. It 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 is like the drug addict that needs the fix because the sugar was my fix for many many years. That was my drug and I had to withdraw from that drug. Like anybody withdraws from any drug. It's the same thing. And, and, and what's even more amazing, our body physically goes through withdrawals as if we were withdrawing from a drug. That, mm-hmm. the, that's the, the, the truth. And you do have to fight those hormones. And, and the way I did it, I started researching and going to lectures. I mean, I'm lucky, yes, I'm in the medical field and I have the background and I, and I had that accessible to me and I took the time. I didn't have it. I didn't have the time to do this at the time I was doing it. And believe me, I just, I, I needed to do it. I didn't want to die. I was in my 30s and I thought I was never going to see my kids grow up and I was slowly poisoning them. And I live with that every day. I was slowly poisoning my kids with food. My daughter was suffering with me with obesity. My other son was suffering with with symptoms of autism, which were all food-related. My little one was in the hospital, in and out of the hospital for over a year, thinking that she had, because I was nursing her. So everything I was eating went through my breast milk. And thinking Mm -hmm. that I was... I was I was doing something good for her by breastfeeding her, but she was eating all the toxins that I was eating and drinking, and she had high fevers. She had high fevers. She was in the hospital her first year of her life. They thought she may have had leukemia. They thought that she had uh, um, lymphoma. They didn't know what was going on. This this poor little baby, and and we were in and out of the hospital. How does somebody like that, you know, go on go on with their lives? I mean, you, you just you need to understand that you need to get a grip of what we're doing to ourselves and our family. And when we understand that, you have the power to walk away. You have the power to walk away. It's, it's, it's the same as that alcoholic. When they realize what the alcohol is doing to their family as the sugar was doing to my family and, and these bad foods, or we have to think of a word. I'm counting on you on that one. I hate calling it food <laughs> because it's not food. It's not food. It's, it's junk or garbage. I don't want people to think it's food. That's that's the problem. It's not food. But when we're relying on things like this to get us through the day and we're causing more harm than good, that's the awakening. That's the power. That's the power you need to believe. You need to believe. So when you wake up in the morning, and your body is is just craving 
to drive through because you need that fix. I used to crave Whoppers with um, I used to crave Whoppers with cheese, and 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 in fact, it was so funny. I, I remembered when I was doing my masters back in '96, my uh, professor used to laugh at me and say, "Oh, I know who wants their Whopper today," because I'm telling you, that's I just used to crave them, and. Wow. Uh, now it makes me sick to even I'm getting a stomach ache even thinking of it because I know how disgustingly bad it is for me and and I used to crave these Boston cream filled donuts and in fact we had a I, when I was pregnant with my first son we had a donut party in in um my school when I was doing my masters and she says I'm going to bring donuts and coffee in tomorrow for all of for everybody and so don't have breakfast like that's a breakfast unfortunately that's what, what I used to think and because mm-hmm. my classes were Friday you know Saturday morning and Sunday because I was working and um, I went back to get my master's later on and I when she said what kind of donuts do you guys want and and I guess I screamed out Boston cream too loud or something she goes okay I'll give you two <laughs> you know cause, you know but the thing is, it's you got to fight that. You got to fight that. Does it? Do you wake up in the morning and say, "I hate Boston creams"? No, I've eaten it for years. I've eaten it for years. It's it's a struggle, and you just have to be mentally strong. You you got to you you have to fight it. You have to fight the addiction, and and exercising is a, is is a process too. I used to set I used to pick up my kids from school. I mean, you have a hundred sixty pounds of excess fat. Okay? This person thinks they're going to the gym and, and doing anything when I could barely walk to my car. And mm-hmm. I just decided I need to do it. I used to see the walls moving and the floors coming up and and my eyes would get red and my whole body would turn red and and was it fun? It wasn't fun. It was nothing. There was absolutely nothing enjoyable about it. But I knew I had to do it, and I did it in a slower pace initially. And this is the mistake we all make. Initially, I thought I was all gung-ho. Yes, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And if my weight doesn't come off in the next five days, you know what? I'll try again next year. That's what we do. Yeah, I'm totally giving up. Yeah, we give up. We give up when we don't have the results. Because we... Because yeah. we have, because we don't, we have unrealistic expectations. Okay, so this time I realized, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not 20 years old. I have. I've had four kids. I've had. I don't know how many abdominal surgeries. I've had so many emergency procedures because of my weight. I don't even want to think about it. And this person now thinks that they're 20 and is going to the gym and you know doing a step class. I mean, it's just not happening. So I realized very early on I need to take small steps because I I'm not going to lose the weight overnight. I'm not going to get to my fitness level that I think I could get overnight. I didn't gain 168 pounds overnight. I know it seems like I did, but I didn't. I didn't. So why do I think I can lose it overnight? I don't know. It just it doesn't because we happen. want that. It, it, it we we just want it. We don't really, you know, spend a lot of time saying that, you know, it's unrealistic to think just because I started exercising. I'm extra, you know, people, I'm exercising 5 days a week. I'm spending, you know, an hour, 2 hours in the gym and I'm like, "Wow, but can you keep that up after you lose the weight? And how long can you keep it up?" But like you said, you can't go in thinking in a week's time I'm going to lose 5 or 10 pounds even. Some people think they're going to lose 30 pounds because they're working out now, but that is so unrealistic. And since we're talking about exercise, oh, my goodness, time is just flying. Can we talk about your Get Fit Club, the Get Fit Club? Sure. So I wanted to show, um, well, right now we're doing uh, Get Fit with Gabby. I'm doing a radio show, and um, I'm actually going to be doing a um, TV tour out in um, Arizona, and I'm flying out to Albuquerque, and we're doing like a little TV um, tour coming up April 8th through the 15th, and I'm, 
attending a seminar with the American Bariatric Society to learn more of the newest things on obesity and what's going and the new the newest um, things that are going on um, in the industry. You know, there's a lot of changes happening now with Obamacare. Which, if if it happens with obesity, it'll it'll maybe save millions of lives. But the Get Fit Club was a show that I helped create with um, Local 10, ABC, and I wanted to show the journey of of these contestants going through a weight loss because, yes, it, it, it is frustrating, and we don't always lose the weight we want. And, and, and it's supposed to be – and there's so many businesses out in the community when you look – when you look at the community that we live in, you know, why don't we focus on some of the good ones? Why don't we focus on some of the healthy ones? And and I wanted to teach people how to tr- how to treat yourself without food. So, let's say you lost those 10 pounds and instead of going to celebrate to get a candy bar or something that you wanted or, you know, we have a place out here called Roly Polies and it's a, a sandwich shop and why anybody would want to eat at a place called that, I don't know, but you know, just the name alone would kind of steer you away from it, unless you want to look like a roly-poly. I don't know, but you know, and 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 some of the ways I used to when I when I initially would lose weight, I realized early on that I used to reward myself with food that I had thought I deprived deprived myself from to lose that weight. And when you think about it that way, look, you cut the food out of your life and you've lost weight. And now you're rewarding yourself with that uh, stuff. I don't, you know, we're taking food out. So you're rewarding (laughs) yourself with that stuff. And it doesn't make sense. And I used to do it all the time. So the Get Fit Club was to show how you can reward yourself in other ways, like maybe good food or better nutritious food or buying yourself a massage or going to a spa or go get a manicure or go do something that you haven't done. Go change the way your hair is, your hairstyle that's been that way for the last 15, 20 years that you've been heavier. Do something like that positive. Go to yeah. Victoria's Secret and buy something sexy that you never thought you would wear in your life. And, and do something positive for yourself. Join join a gym when you feel that you're ready to join a gym and or, and use it. You know, don't just join it. And um and that's what the Get Fit Club is about. It's about um, inspiring people and showing them how much fun you can have in the community that doesn't cost a lot um, of money and reward yourself in other ways. And, and, and why don't we start, you know, paying? Why don't we? Why don't we start giving our money? Okay, let's talk a bit. Talk about it as a financial thing. Why don't we start giving our money to companies that? make us feel better, that make us healthier, that that you know, promote health and wellness and 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 promote the good in people. And that's what we need to that's what we need to do because I'm personally mm-hmm. sick and tired of spending money for something that's going to harm me in some way or make me feel bad about myself or make me get sick. I'm tired of that. I don't know. Are you aren't you tired of that? I am, and you know, and I'm I'm tired of people not knowing enough to help themselves. I'm tired of people who intentionally, you know, don't want to help other people by passing information on. Because what I see happening, and, and maybe some people, you know, don't want to share because I, I see on Facebook, well, I lost 50 pounds, but I'm not going to tell you how I lost it until I lose my other 20. But if it was something that was natural that you did, which is exercise and making better choices, or you decide to prepare your food differently, and like you said earlier, sometimes people just don't know how to do better. That, that's really but the case. But it's a lifestyle. You know, that's really, a huge need- percentage of people. Mm-hmm. It is, and that's what I teach them. It's a lifestyle. Look, if you want to be healthy, you cannot drive through fast food, period. There's no room. There's no room for fast food. There is no room for fast food. And and that's it. I know people argue with me. Well, can't I have it every month? No. No. It's not food. No. There's no room for fast food. <laughs> there is no room for soda. There is no room for certain things. There are there is no room for donuts. 
There is just no room in our life for these things. These things are making us sick. These things are making us fat. They are causing us to have diseases. They're causing our kids to have diabetes and cancer and autism and bipolar disease and all these crazy things that never existed before in young children. There is no room in our lives for this. We need to understand this. And I'm telling you, once you understand just a simple thing like the potato we discussed, I, I, you won't eat them anymore. And is it a struggle not to eat them? Yes, maybe for the first six months. Look, I, I, I used to think that when I was at the table with people eating French fries, I could have one or two. I thought I needed to, to have it. And I, I, and I wanted to eat one, two, three. And then I realized, look, I can't just eat one, two, three. Because all of a sudden, I didn't order it, but I'm eating my son's or somebody's, you know, whoever else mm-hmm. is there. And so now we don't order it. Nobody gets it. I'm sorry. If, if I don't eat it, and I've seen this in, in, in mothers, that's, that's shocking to me. They will feed their kids stuff that they don't eat. So they'll give Why? their kids yeah. cookies, cakes, cupcakes. But they and maybe because they're young, they can deal with it better. But no, yeah. it, it it has those same um, disadvantages and those same um, they can they can harm them as well. Even though they're yes. young, they can still get in their system and harm. Because I mean, you yes. just already and said that you know, yeah. And we're teaching them bad things. We're teaching them yeah. how to be obese adults. It's so yeah, much easier, and it's yeah, out I, of hand it's, for children. Yeah, it is. It's so much easier. You know what? I was very lucky. I saw my 17, I have a 17-year-old and I have a 9-year-old. And this is what's so amazing, okay? My 17-year-old had a lifetime of bad food, bad eating with mom. My 9-year-old didn't because when she was mm-hmm. a year old, is when I almost died, I decided I don't want my kids to grow up without me and I want to see them live and I want to see my grandkids We've made a drastic life change, and I just cut food out of my diet, and it was a struggle. And sometimes, believe it or not, cutting food out of my diet, I didn't lose weight all the time. Sometimes it took uh, three, four weeks for me to drop 10 pounds, and I wouldn't lose an ounce within that four weeks. Do you know the emotional trauma that I had thinking that I'm depriving myself of certain foods and I can't lose an ounce? But I held strong because I knew my body was just resisting. My body... It's holding on to whatever it can. And now I understand the makeup of the body and why that happens. But come that third or fourth week, my body would just drop 10 pounds. Did it drop 10 pounds in a month? No. It was a slow process. It just didn't show. It didn't show on the scale for whatever reason. You know, your body shifts around and your muscles mm-hmm. and your fat. So, you know, the thing is with our kids, we're teaching them bad we're teaching them bad behaviors and and I see it with my 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 little one she has no struggle at all she really doesn't it's amazing <laughs> she she doesn't even know what sprite is she thinks sprite is perrier with lemon that's what she thinks sprite <laughs> is to her you know to her that's sprite and 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 it's good wow. and she likes it she loves salad she doesn't even know what what any fast food restaurant is when she hears my son talking about it she doesn't even know what he's talking about. So who's going to have the easier time growing up? Who's going to not have the she obesity struggle? She's an amazing star. She, is, she has all the right tools and information to, to keep that up as an adult. So, um, oh, my goodness, our time is almost up. But you have to come back again because we didn't even get into, you know, the supplements and um, how even if you're going to eat those foods, you still you got to exercise. And you can't look at the yes. skills to determine if you're going to keep it up. This is one thing that I've learned personally. You cannot let the scale say if you keep it up or if you quit. You just got to keep it going. Whether you see you the weight come to. off or anything, just know that things something good is taking place. And the more you do it, the yes. more good will take place. I just know that I, from my personal experience and that of many, many others, too. So I'm glad yeah, you, you need said to. That. You need to exercise. Yeah. You need to keep it up. Yeah. Uh, you just, you I, I exercise, exercise as much as I can. And I eat, I don't go yeah. back to the way I used to eat. I just, I don't. I just accepted that these foods, I can't eat it. I can't drink uh, my Diet Coke every day. So I can't drink it. You know what? I'll live without it. And, and I feel better, actually. 
So why don't what, once yeah, you feel if you do better? Yeah, chance, you will you will feel better. Yeah. Gabby, you're so awesome. For those who want to continue the conversation with her and find out more about her, please go to GabbyRose.com. It's G-A-B-I-R-O-S-E, and we will get her back on on Lauren McNary's show so we can talk about healthy ways that you can imp- implement these things to become even more healthy. And since we're asking you to take away things, we've got to show you how to put good things back in the diet because you got to eat. you got to eat. you just got to eat more healthy. So, Gabby, yes. thank you so much for being an awesome guest. Thank you guys so much for listening to Loretta McNary Live. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll see you guys very, very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> 